Welcome to Have You Seen This, the world's only podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten visual media. All discussions will be spoiler heavy. You have been warned. Jen and Tim reluctantly and we have an auspicious occasion for you and we have a special guest I hope that you're all ready to be cush bombed because we've got a cromulent foot crustable of a movie to talk about he is one of the people that you may know from uh, Chapo Trap House and latterly the hell of presidents a uh, very good podcast that I've been getting caught up on uh, he's a high priest and a grill master it's Matt Chrisman. Matt, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having me to talk about one of the most formative films of my childhood. And uh, honestly, one of the greatest American films of the latter half of the 20th century. The, the great thing about, you know, good comedy is that it's relatable, you know, it's yes. a universal story. Yes. And that's the thing about Dan Aykroyd is that he he has the sensibility of an everyman. <laughs> yes the uh profoundly autistic wealthy comedian who believes that aliens and ghosts are real i know i relate to him look once you start shilling vodka served in a crystal skull i mean i think everyone goes yeah that guy's on the level i mean that bottle is pretty sick right yeah see he he knows his audience and also uh it imparts uh magnetic resonances and frequencies into the vodka that give it healing and, in fact, uh, telepathic properties. Oh, shoot, I've been drinking regular vodka like a chump this whole time. Like an absolute idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been just guzzling Popov and killing my brain cells, but I could be reinforcing them and boosting them and gaining telepathic powers. Yeah, that's the thing, is that regular vodka kills brain cells. The Crystal Skull Vodka actually increases the number of brain cells you have. And you know what? If you drink it, you don't have to get the vaccine. If FDA has signed off on that. Yeah, the, the, that, the is, that is direct FDA from Fauci. Yeah. yeah, no, um, Ackroyd is personal friends with Dr. Fauci. This is on the level. You can definitely trust it. But um, I get all my news from podcasts, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my health information. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to do your own research. And that is why we we're talking about something very important tonight. And I know some of you who are longtime listeners of Have You Seen This are saying, but Jen, you already talked about 1991's Nothing But Trouble, Dan Aykroyd's sole directorial effort, on an earlier episode with Mike, aka uh, uh, the Internet's lovable Bitter Corella. Yeah, and I'm it like, is. Well, the, and I'm the like, shut up! It... I know what I'm doing. Yeah, shut I... up, Tim! I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't think you do. Uh, so yeah, this is Aykroyd's one and done. You know, he'd reached the the pinnacle of directorial. Uh, you know, self-expression, and after that, it's like, where do you go from here? You know, there's there's right. nothing so, left. No, no more worlds to conquer. He was Alexander at the Ganges. Truly, <laughs> there were no more worlds to conquer. And so, the reason that I asked Matt on, in spite of already having done an episode on this movie, is because, um, in addition to Mike, friend of the show and frequent guest, Matt was the only other person. 
that I had ever seen who didn't just seem to like this movie as, uh, you know, a, a merely guilty pleasure. It. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't seem to like it as merely a guilty pleasure of any of that any of that weak sauce bullshit. He seemed like he was really into nothing but trouble. But I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever heard Matt explicate what is so great about it. And as it happens, this year, um, at the end of October, they released uh, a new Blu-ray restoration of Nothing But Trouble. So I got a copy. I watched the bonus features and uh, dropped a DM to Matt and said, Matt, can you explain this fucking movie? To the rest of us. <laughs> he said, Matt, you are right. Please bring the gospel down from from wherever the hell Podunk Town this takes place in. I uh, It's Valkenvania. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, yeah, my mistake. <laughs> Already dropping knowledge. Uh, I'm very curious. I do not have uh, a Blu-ray player. Uh, I'm very curious as to what the bonus features are. What's in yeah, there? I mean, I'm, I, w- I was HD DVD all the way, and I'm sticking to it, so I don't have a Blu-ray player either. That's that is such that is such a Tim thing. Like, <laughs> no, uh, it, what what yeah. um what version of iOS do you have right now, Tim? Is it like eight? Uh, you know, once I saw the garbage that was seven, I said I'm not updating six for life. <laughs> six is the best iOS version, along with with macOS ten thirteen. Doesn't get there any you better go, than folks. that. But um. Anyway, yeah. uh, to answer Matt's question, um, there are um, a generous amount of bonus features on that. They actually had somebody go out and uh, interview some cast uh, cast members and members of the crew. So there's an interview with Dan Aykroyd, one with Chevy Chase, um, Bertilla Damas, who plays um, the lady Bra- Brazilianaire, um, William Sandel, who is the production designer, uh, Deborah Nadulman Landis, the costume designer for the movie, and uh, music producer Christopher Brooks. There's also an audio commentary, which um, I have not delved into yet. I merely uh, reviewed the movie with no... Uh... How much do any of them have to say about it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what the what their affect is when discussing this film. Is it nostalgia? Are they... Are they um, sort of reticent or 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 uh, apologetic? Are, are they proud? Yeah, what does the what does the costume designer have to say about this? That's what I want to know. What, was the was well, the I Dick Smith uh, interviewed? Was the guy who had, who created <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's Dick Nose was he spoken to? Because that's the real genius, honestly, wait, of wait, the Dick film. Smith was no, in more this? so even than Aykroyd. The real the real brilliant <laughs> mind there. It's like the way that like John Williams is the real genius of Star Wars. The the Dick Nose guy is the yeah. real genius of Nothing But Trouble. Yeah, that that um foam rubber chode is really the heart of this film in a lot of ways, but I'm sure that uh Matt will explicate that for it's, us. It's a lasting image. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lasting image kind of like, you know, the the it's Damien looking over his shoulder at the end of the omen, you know? It's <laughs> staring eye to eye with the Dick Nose. But I can reveal to you uh, the general tone of the the bonus features. Um, Ackroyd is diplomatic. Um, Chevy Chase sounds like Joe Biden. Um, (laughs) You really didn't get much useful out of him with the interview. These are, uh, apart from uh, their talk with Bertilla Damas and um, uh, Mrs. 
John Landis, um, they're all audio, no video. So you kind of get a rambling audio track of Chevy Chase just kind of laughing the whole thing off. Um, but uh, the Lady Brazilianaire uh, did get some... Let's say that she didn't get name recognition off this. She did get face recognition because apparently people come up to her all the time and say how much they love Nothing But Trouble. Um, really, and That's an even less believable story than what happens in Nothing But Trouble. Hey, man, like, you know, you take what you can get in Hollywood. I but um, there were a few, like, interesting reminiscences from um, the, the crew members because I think that they brought a lot of the positive aspects to this movie because you know while it is based on a story that Dan Eckrig kicked around with his brother and he you know he did have kind of this like weird vision really the the probably the top award goes to the production design for making this movie interesting at all they put an incredible amount of work into it um there was a lot of junk that they hauled to um make the sets happen uh something which i don't even know if they do things on that scale anymore in this this age of of cgi I th well i think they learned their lesson from this <laughs> i mean you know it is one of the dare i say it pleasures of the movie is just how fucking insane the production design is and the sets and it, it is you know, a singular vision and i think we're all fortunate for that and uh to give credit to the woman who inflicted max landis on the world um she did a good job on the costumes all right well i think we settled it uh record time everyone good good work <laughs> this has been the uh blu-ray dvd review um matt i'm very interested to hear from you uh your your explication of nothing but trouble because i've seen you talk about it on twitter i think i've even seen you talk to a uh, friend of the show uh, Mike, a.k.a. Bitter Corella, about it, since you guys are stands of the movie. So if you could kind of give us, like, what your, um, you know, your overriding idea of the film is, because it's, uh, I mean, when you watch it, it's, it's, it's something. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's one insane Canadian man's vision at least an approximation of his vision. One of the frustrating things about Nothing for Trouble is knowing that, like many of Dan Aykroyd's screenplays, it was originally much more Baroque and lavish in conception, but was carved mm -hmm. down by the, 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 the drudges, by the, by the rule-bound dundridges who cut checks in Hollywood, uh, much the same way yeah, that they, they, his... Uh, they stripped it for parts. Yeah, exactly. In much the same way that his eight-hour sci-fi epic Ghostbusters screenplay was uh, turned into some, some gibberish about, a, about essentially, uh, what, uh, exterminators in contemporary Manhattan? Uh, yeah. Finding yeah. the EPA, the evil environmental protection agency. Uh, what what might have been. Yeah. So you've got that, and... and <laughs> Uh, you've got the fact that Aykroyd is uh, clearly gravitates towards the grotesque and the horrific, uh, but unlike many directors who uh, we associate with those aesthetics, like, say, David Cronenberg, he seems to think that it's actually hilarious, which is such a unique perspective 
that it makes the entire thing fascinating because this is an ostensible comedy. And you really do have to remind yourself of that when the judge takes his nose off, for example, and you see his horrifying oh, <laughs> open skull. Uh, and uh, when, good. of course, one of the more revolting moments in cinema history, when Bobo and Little Devil are revealed for the first time, just these slick, grime-covered human turds, essentially. Jiggling infants. Mm-hmm. Wearing diapers. Uh yeah. Which are clearly just sagging and filled. Uh, but then again, but then you I, also have is... like genuine moments of, of whimsy, like the Bone Stripper, Mr. Bone Stripper, uh, and the theme song that Mr. Bone Stripper has. Uh, but I think. So yes, I think, um, co written by Ted Nugent, I believe. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have that. You just have like the, the singularity of the vision of Ackroyd. But then, just as a thematic. Uh, uh, it's fascinating, and especially to look back now, making. 30 years later, and, and see this film as uh, a embodiment of America's post-industrial decay, really, uh, of the way that the decline of American industry hollowed out, in a literal sense, the United, the, the middle of America, uh, and left uh, nothing there but but uh, trouble, trouble, yes, uh, and yes. and grotesques <laughs> and and horrors uh, and a, a a seeping sort of quasi medieval uh, savagery that is slowly uh, reaching its tendrils across the nation now. Oh, I'm so sorry we had to cut you off there because the episode gets really good right after that. Why don't you hop on over to patreon.com slash have you seen this? And for just a couple of bucks every month, you get the rest of this episode plus another bonus episode that all the plebes don't even have access to. It gets really dirty. It's it, We take it to a whole other level, but oh man, I wish I could play the rest of that episode for you. Ooh, sorry.